Welcome everyone to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I'm your host, Mike, aka Emperor. And as always, I want to thank you for choosing to spend the next 30 minutes of your life with me. I know that you could be doing other things or listening to someone else, but you chose to tune into Sight Beyond Sight. And for that, I'm very thankful. And you know what else? I'm also thankful and excited for you to join me for this three-part series called Friendship, Forgiveness, and Grace Equals Pretty Awesome. There are already a lot of good people out there sharing their fresh water with others. But over the next few weeks, we will be gaining insight on how to step it up a notch and move from good to pretty awesome. With that being said, let's create some fresh water moments. Now, before we get started, I want to spend a second to tell you that please, 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 if you have a topic that you would like me to to discuss, or if you have a story that you would like to tell me and discuss on this podcast, please send me an email to blindlessvision at gmail.com. That's B-L-I-N-D-L-E-S-S-V-I-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Also, you can follow the Sight Beyond Sight podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and both of the handles are at CBeyond365. Once again, that's at CBeyond365. Now that we got all that mess taken care of, let's get down to business. So I was sitting around in the wee hours of the night. My feet were up, of course, you know, because that's when I do my best thinking. You know, I, I, I'm able to sit back, relaxed, feet up and elevated. I'm in my mental state. I'm rubbing my temples. My eyes are closed, and I'm able to hyper-focus on the topic that I'm thinking about. And sometimes, a lot of times, most times, it's various topics all at the same time, so I can be thinking about like five different things at the same time, and it drives me nuts. But... That's what I was doing at one particular night. And then I started to think back to when I worked overnights and nights at a youth shelter. And more specifically, I thought about how on one occasion, my coworker showed me his true character. Now, it really made me question and rethink what it means to label someone as your friend. I was talking about friendship not too long ago with a colleague of mine and we discussed how friendship has changed over the past decade. You know, the word friendship has taken on several different meanings. You know, there seems to be levels of friendship now. There's, you know, you can't just be a friend anymore. There's levels to friendship. It's like you're in a ranking system now. <laughs> you know, the higher up you are, the, the better friend you are. That's what we seem to think. You know, you, it's, nowadays you have your friends that you briefly talk to in passing. Then there are your friends that you make sure you say happy birthday to. And of course, you have all your social media friends. You know, we can't leave them out. And then you have your friends that are okay or all right friends. And you have your friends' friends. And of course, you have your BFFs. Now, does, does, does any of those sound familiar? It seems like that's what it's come to. No one's just a friend anymore. You have to have a ranking behind your name now, and it's ridiculous. And so I began to think, 
have the rules of being a friend changed to the point where being okay is enough to be considered a friend. Think about that. If you label someone as okay, is that good enough to be considered a friend? I mean, is there no more all for one and one for all and pinky promises? The idea of friendship has changed and the definition of friendship has drastically changed. Let me tell you a story of how my idea of friendship had changed and it, it was challenged. And you know, it was that night I was working at a youth shelter and I was working the three to 11 shift, the worst shift ever. You know, that was that shift is for young people, young people that uh, where their party don't start until midnight, you know, or their social life doesn't start until midnight. Oh my gosh. That it started out all right. Three to eleven. That takes up all of your day. Even if you set an appointment in the morning, you take it, you go to an appointment, it takes a few hours. You get back, you think you have time to rest, but you don't. And then you have to be at work at three. And then you're just watching the clock. You're watching the sun go down. You're watching it set. And then you see the day turn into pitch black darkness. And then you're out. But you're wired. You want to go to sleep, but you can't. Yeah, never mind. I, I'm sorry. I just had a little nightmare right there, <laughs> rehashing, working 3 to 11. I will never do that again. I'm sorry. I, I've digressed a little bit. <laughs> but as I was saying, I was working the 3 to 11 shift, and it was later in that shift when I had received a call from home. And my family at that time thought there, that the thought that there was someone uh, breaking into the house, and I immediately went into protection mode. I called my I told my family to call 911, and I was thinking like, okay, I don't have a gun, but do I have a gun? Can I find one? Do I need ammo? Okay, I don't have that. Maybe I have a bow and arrow. I don't know what I need. I'm going to find something. And so I'm I'm thinking in my head, what weapons can I use? What's going to cause the most amount of damage, exerting the least amount of energy? You know, I was ready. I was in Rambo mode. I was ready to go. I was ready to go commando on him, you know, and I'm talking commando like as in Arnold Schwarzenegger commando. You know what I mean? Like old school predator. I was ready for it. I was in the jungle ready to go. And then I get off the phone and I'm all hyped up, but looking worried because I'm I'm fearful of what might be happening. And I walk towards my coworker to tell him what was going on. But however, I didn't get a chance to say anything to him because when he saw my face, he asked me if I had seen a ghost. And I didn't laugh. I looked at him. I didn't laugh. And nor did he. And he asked me if everything was okay. I said the typical answer, no, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if everything's all right. I'm I'm just, let me just tell you what's going on. So I told him that my family had felt that they might be in danger. And and uh, before I can tell you what he said next, I want to give you an idea of the setup of the establishment of the shelter. So we worked in a facility that housed 24 youths, both male and female. So think about that setup. A facility full of hormonal preteens and young adults. Do you realize the chaos that we had to face every day? It was chaotic. I mean, we had to be the peacemakers and the dictators at the same time, all the time. 
It was ridiculous. But we made it work. We had a pretty solid staff on 3 to 11, and so we always made it work. But with that being said, so we had the, the shelter was split. The females on one side, the males on the other side. And generally, it was two females uh, workers that were working the female side and two males working the other side where the males occupied. And so now between the four, a crew of four of us, we had to prepare and serve dinner, monitor chores, make sure they did their schoolwork, conduct groups, dispense the meds, all while keeping the peace between rival gang members. And with that, and when that was all said and done, we had the luxury of bedtime duty. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine trying to put 17, 18, 17 and 18 year olds? We didn't have any 19 year olds. If we did, it was pretty rare. But 17 and 18 year olds, putting them to bed at eight, nine o'clock, they were not feeling that, <laughs> you know? So, we had to be creative on ways that we can keep the peace to get them to to comply. So it was a tough, tough job, even when fully staffed. So when you have someone missing, it makes it nearly impossible. Plus, you had to stay in ratio. So it was nearly impossible to have a good shift if someone was missing. That is a lot of responsibility that you're putting on one person. So back to my friend and what he said to me when I told him that my family may be in trouble, without hesitation, he said to me, you have to go home. And if you do not make it back, don't worry, I got you. Just make sure you take care of your family first. Now, I was shocked when he said that. He did not hesitate. And so since he didn't hesitate, I didn't hesitate. Within two minutes, we devised a plan of action to make sure things were run as smooth as possible in my departure. So once, we, once that conversation concluded, I ran to my car. I pulled out of the parking lot, and I sped home. Now, I had the pedal to the metal. I was flying home. Luckily, I wasn't too far away from home. I was less than seven minutes away from home. So it was a pretty quick drive. And I had the pedal to the metal. And I probably still was not going pretty fast because I was driving in a Suzuki at the time. And so I, I remember the, the motor was just revving up. I could smell all the gas and the fumes coming from it because I was probably stressing it out. But it was going. And we made it happen. We made it happen. So I'm floating down the streets, twisting and turning, bobbing and weaving out of traffic like a maniac, but I was on a mission. I was on a mission. And during that time, I was getting my mind right. I was getting my mind right to take on whoever who was trying to hurt my family. And so I pulled into my driveway and as I pull in, I slam the car in park. I jump out the car to get the jump on them. I'm so cool. I didn't even shut the door because I was like, you know, I don't even want them to know that I'm here. I don't want 
them to hear the door slam. I'm just going to attack. So I have my game face on. I'm ready. I have no weapons on me, but I feel like I had every weapon in the book. You know, I said, you know what? I'm so tough right now. I don't care if I'm going against 100 men. I'm going to beat these guys with my bare hands and I'm going to take them on and no one's going to stop me. That's how I was feeling. So I rush out to the backyard and I scan the premises. I'm looking around. I'm doing a man look. So that's a quick look, you know, (laughs) quick man look, not really paying attention to detail. I'm just looking for big bodies ready to jump out. I didn't see any of that. So then I go back to the door and I open up the door. And as I'm opening up the door, I'm yelling. I yell to my family. It was pitch black in there. And I'm yelling to my family to let them know it was me. They were in the back room. So I go in the back room. I asked if my family had called 911. They said no. I was like, okay, thank you for not listening, but that's all right. I'm here. We're ready to rock and roll. So I comb the house and I'm looking at every every room and I'm making sure nobody's there. And so once everything kind of died down, we went right back outside, turned on all the lights, and lo and behold, do you know what we found? After assessing the situation, we realized that it was varmints, the local varmints getting into our trash, which our trash was set up against our house at that time. And so when they were rummaging through the trash, the cans would bang against the house and the windows, making it sound as if someone was breaking in. So after we concluded that everything was okay, I returned to work and my friend was shocked to see me. But when we were but we were able to laugh about the situation after I told him about the pesky varmints that caused all the commotion. But at that time, it was when I knew that I had found a lifelong loyal friend. So I thought about some of my closest friends. And you want to know one thing that you'll never hear me say? You know, you'll never hear me say that one of my closest friends is just okay. That will never be a word that I use to to describe them. Because in my eyes, okay is not good enough. If you're just okay, I'm not letting you into my inner circle. That's just not going to happen. But for some reason, okay has been good enough. So think about that. How many times have you heard a person refer to a friend as okay? You know, I hear it all the time. You know, an example is like I go up to Marvin and I say, hey, Marvin, I ran into Tony the other day and he said that you two hang out pretty often. He seemed to be a pretty cool guy. And then Marvin tells me, well, Tony is okay. I mean, he's fun to hang out with because he pays for everything, but he can be annoying. You know, have you ever been a part of a conversation like that? Or have you ever heard anyone say this? Well, Julia is not like my friend friend. I mean, she's okay, but I only hang out with her on days. I don't have anything to do. And when I hear things like that, I think about, for real? I see you and Julia together all the time, and you're telling me that she's not really your friend? I mean, I I guess I'm highly confused at the extent, about the extent of your friendship. You know what I mean? That, it just leaves me thinking like that. But if you ask me about any of my friends, I'm going to tell you 
that they're pretty awesome people. No ifs, ands, or buts. If I'm saying someone is okay, I really don't know them, and I really don't consider them a friend. They may be a, they may be an acquaintance, but they're not going to be someone that I'm going to vouch for. So I began to think even more, and it became definitive once again that an okay friend just isn't good enough. And if you're saying a friend is just okay, then they're probably not a reliable friend, or you need to take a look in the mirror and check your motives. And that's what I think it really comes down to. So when I think about that, I was thinking, you know, I was I was blessed to be a part of a conversation a long time ago, and I was thinking about this, and I, for some reason, I kept this information because it touched me. This was about three years ago. I got this information, and my uh, my parents had conducted a lecture a lecture about what a faithful friend looks like, some of the qualities of a faithful friend. And I held on to that for some reason. And so as I was thinking about this, bing, a light went off. Mike, you still have some of that information. So I'm going to share with you some of the qualities of a faithful friend. But before I do, I want to tell you, I, I was really touched by that. Uh, this information for a few reasons. First, it was a reminder of what to look for in a friend. And sometimes we may have all the information logged into our mind, but that information can easily be become lost or you can ignore it or you can make, an ex- make excuses about the information that you know about. But there's something about seeing a visual checklist You know, when you see that checklist and you see it written out, you can't erase that ink. It's there. So whatever trick you try to play in your mind to make an excuse on this quality being good enough to be considered a faithful friend, you can't do that when it's written on paper. But most of all, you know, when I looked at these qualities, I was pretty overjoyed when I compared my list of friends to the the qualities because they hit the mark. They hit the mark. And that made me feel good. Knowing that I have people that are with all these qualities, all of them, that I can say, I I can truly depend on, I can truly trust, I can truly rely on them. So there's about there's a little over 20 of these qualities. And as we go over these qualities, I want you to think about your top five list. I want you to think about your, your top five list. And then we can, we can go from there. So some of these qualities, I'm going to go through them pretty quickly. We'll start with this consoles and gives comfort during difficult times, is honest with you, loves the real you, forgives whether you apologize or not, does not hold grudges, does not catalog offenses, includes you and excludes you, I mean, I'm sorry, includes you versus excludes you from their life, is respectful, not controlling, overbearing, or demanding, is kind and generous, is reliable and dependable, encourages and motivates and inspires you to do the right thing, 
loves you at all times, loyal, accountable, and they keep their word, does not gossip about you, does not criticize, but share the truth, sincerely considers your point of view, freely offers your help, and does not uh, entice you to violate your moral principles, handles conflict without being vengeful or hurtful, and will tell you how much they value your friendship. Those are some pretty amazing qualities. And you know, as I look back on the list, I love uh, some of these. I I would say my top five looking over it right now is one, doesn't catalog offenses. You know, they're not sitting there keeping a bag full of things that you've done wrong so they can use it as ammo the next time something happens or or, uh, an argument happens. They're not just cataloging the offenses and and holding holding you hostage with them. I like... um, is reliable and dependable. I love that one. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. That is one of the biggest things that I live by. If you say yes, then yes. If you say no, then let it be no. That way there's no wishy-washiness with it. And it's easier to swallow. The next one, encourages and motivates to and inspires for you to do the right thing. Now that's very important to me. Do you don't want to be around people that are sitting there telling you, oh, that's all right. That's all right. You can do that. Nobody's going to care about that. Nobody's going to care if you you say this mean or, or if you if you retaliate with, against this person and you say something mean, it doesn't matter because you des- or they deserved it. You know, there's none of that going on. None of that going on. Does not gossip about you. That's another big one for me. So that's number four, does not gossip about you. You have to know that what you say is not going to get out to everyone else. Under no circumstance. I don't care if you're in a fight. I don't care if they said your friend said something so mean to you. You don't go back spreading gossip about them. That's not right because eventually if you're close enough friends, it may be just a mere disagreement and an argument, and you're going to want to come back and mend that relationship. So if you're out there gossiping, you're destroying that opportunity. But my main one is this, and it's a perfect segue into the forgiveness part of this series. But forgives whether you apologize or not. That is a huge one. That is a huge one. And we're going to find that a lot of people don't know how to apologize. Or they don't want to apologize. Or they don't want to forgive. But you can't let that dictate how you respond to that. So I know that There are some friends that I have that my closest friends, if I mess up, I mess up. I tell them I mess up, but I already know that they already forgave me because they know that I'm not out trying to hurt someone. And they, I know that they're not out trying to hurt me. And that's such a good feeling to know that we can fall short with our friends and it won't be held against you. And, you know, I just want to. 
encourage you guys with this because you know we can it's easy to fall into the trap of loneliness and that's I think that is part of the reason why we we have started to accept these okay friends that's not good enough it's just not good enough and sometimes we can find ourselves in a position where we feel alone desiring to be in the presence of others we desire the feeling of belonging so much that we may choose to settle for that okay friend because it feels better than being alone but even if that friend doesn't fit the bill we convince ourselves that we can change them or even worse we think that they would never treat us the way that we've seen them treat others because we are different that's a scary situation to be in so when we are faced with this situation i ask you to remember this passage and it's quite simple one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother proverbs 18:24 you see it's too easy to settle for that okay friend when you're feeling neglected but we see that this is a dangerous position to be in because the relationship will not withstand the test of time it will falter just like a house whose foundation is built out of hay These are the times where it is easy to place blame on others for wronging you. It becomes easy to point the finger at everyone else for not being a true or faithful or loyal friend to you. But I encourage you to look inward. Look inward and compare yourself to the qualities of a faithful friend, and you may find that you have fallen short. on some of these qualities but you may also find that you've met all of the criteria and you are in fact a faithful friend but unfortunately you have found yourself in some precarious relationships but no matter the case do not panic and do not worry you see there's always a way out See there's a, a path that has already been cleared out for you that is easy to traverse. However, it is the road less travel. You know, as I stated before, we tend to point the finger at others for wronging us and falling short of being a faithful friend. Unfortunately, this is the road that is most traveled. It seems like it's the easiest road to travel, but this road is filled with traps and pitfalls. In reality, the path to follow is the path that leads inward we have to look inward and if we believe that iron sharpens iron then we must believe that faithful friends will attract faithful friends so in our time of loneliness the path that leads to fulfillment is being that faithful friend that we so desire to have in our lives so to put it plainly in our time of need it is imperative that we are the faithful friend for another in need
I want to thank you for listening to part one of the Friendship, Forgiveness, and Grace Equals Pretty Awesome series. The next part of the series will be released next Friday at 8 a.m. That's when all episodes on the Site Beyond Site podcast are released. So that gives you time for the weekend. It gets you ready for the weekend. It gets you ready for your Friday morning at work. It gets you ready to just chill out and relax and rejuvenate while listening to some insightful words on Sight Beyond Sight. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in and please keep listening. It's going to be an enjoyable time because next week we're going to be talking about forgiveness, which is a pretty, pretty deep and huge topic. I mean, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be very, very powerful. So please begin to think about what forgiveness means to you and what that looks like for you. Think about, have you been forgiven? Have you forgiven? What positions have you been in? All of that. We're going to discuss all of that. And I, I'm, I guarantee you, this will help you move to the next level of from good to pretty awesome. And so I'm really excited for that. So with that being said, if you like what you've heard, share the Site Beyond Site podcast with your friends and family on your social media outlets. If you don't like what you've heard, share it anyway. Someone's going to like it. And why withhold it? You know what I mean? So I encourage you all to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment. And remember that we're in the business of healing and not hurting until we meet again, my friends.